grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of our God and Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation this second Sunday of Advent as we continue to prepare our hearts and lives for our Savior who draws near to us. It's our gospel taken from the gospel according to St. Luke chapter 3. We heard as Luke, quoting from Isaiah the prophet, says, A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who came as a baby, who will come again as judge of all, and who's coming both celebrating his first and welcoming his second is something that we look forward to, dear friends. The most important thing that you and I must do in order to be ready for the celebration of Christmas is this. Put on a happy face, be upbeat, be happy all the time. This is what you do during this season of the year. Oh, and remember that this season isn't just like a, a week or two before Christmas. It starts way back, like right after Labor Day. And we must be happy the entire time. At least that's kind of the message that I think a lot of people have from this season of the year. Whether it's overtly spoken or just kind of implied. Isn't that the impression you get? I mean, when you start seeing Christmas decorations going up in stores like right after Labor Day and, and you hear this happy, upbeat music on the radio or your favorite streaming service already back in October, I, I think a lot of people just feel this, this kind, of, kind of pressure that, that we are supposed to be happy all the time this time of year. But that's not what God tells us in his word. That's not the way our Lord wants us to be ready for his coming near. In order to help God's people be ready for the coming Savior, 2,000 years ago, God sent a man, a, a, a prophet, a messenger. His name was John. We call him John the Baptist. John's message 2,000 years ago is a message that he continues to tell us today. For 2,000 years, God has used this man to help God's people prepare their hearts to welcome Christ. John's message was not this. He did not say, get excited, get happy, start smiling because the Savior's coming. Actually, his message was almost the opposite of that. In the verses right after our gospel this morning, words that we'll hear next Sunday, we hear that John told the people who came out to hear him, he called them a brood of vipers. That's hardly the ho, ho, ho that we hear this time of year. No, as, as we continue our Advent theme of when the Lord comes near, 
We see this morning that when the Lord comes near, He humbles His people. He humbles us by pointing out our sins. He humbles us by reminding us of our need for repentance. He humbles us so that we grieve. That we grieve over our sins and the hurt that they cause us and others and our relationship to our God. But God doesn't just want us to be artificially or, 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 or just kind of force ourselves to be sad this time of year. No, that's not true either. When the Lord comes near, He humbles His people that we grieve over our sins, but He also does it that we might rejoice over our forgiveness. I, I, I really do think it's true that, that, that many people, maybe many of us today, feel this, this kind of pressure to, to, to be upbeat this time of year. But boy, it's not hard to find reasons to not be upbeat. I mean, just look at the news. All of the senseless violence that we've seen in recent days and weeks, or the economy, or COVID. There's ample reason to not be happy and upbeat, right? And besides stuff that's happening, you know, in the world around us, I, I would think I'm safe in saying that, that many, maybe most of us today are facing other issues in our lives, personal challenges or problems or pain or sorrow. You know, it's, it's not hard to, to find reasons to, to not be happy this time of year. But besides all of those other factors that are things that are happening outside of us that we probably have no control over, the biggest single thing that ought to make us not giddy and happy all the time is called sin. And it's right inside of us. Every single soul here this morning, here in our world, has it. We were literally conceived with the guilt of sin from our parents and grandparents all the way back to our first parents. And from the moment we drew our first infant breath, we haven't stopped sitting. Every single day, we do things that violate our God's will. Every single day we say things that hurt the people around us. Every single day we allow thoughts that go against God's will to take up residence in our minds. And every single day we pass up countless opportunities to say and do things that help and build each other up and give glory to God. The problem is not do we sin. The question, rather, is what do we do about it? A lot of people, I think, want to deal with sin by either downplaying it, ignoring it, or just plain denying it. They would 
rather have happy faces and happy talk than hearing the sobering and humbling message of God's law that condemns sin. The problem with that, it doesn't get rid of sin, does it? It just kind of covers it over with this facade of fake happiness. That's where John the Baptist came in. John was an enormously popular person at the time of Christ or just before Jesus. Crowds of people would, would travel miles and miles into, into wilderness areas. People would just flock around him to hear what he had to say. So what did John have to say? Did he entertain the crowds who came out to him? Hardly. Was he like a, a motivational speaker or a lot of the TV evangelists we see today who, whose message was one of uplifting, you have it inside of you, you can face all these challenges, just dig deep? Not at all. John's message was quite simple. Repent. Here's how you prepare for the Savior's coming. God doesn't expect us to be artificially happy. God does expect us to recognize sin in our lives, in our hearts, to take ownership of them. Own up to them. Confess them. Repent of them. That's humbling. That's not the ho, 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 most wonderful time of the year message that seems to be all around us. This is more of a sobering reflection. You know, that's, that's really one of, the, one of the beauties of this four weeks of Advent. It kind of helps us turn down a couple of notches that, that happy factor by turning us to our need to repent by reminding us this is why Jesus came into this world. He came into this world to do something about our sins, but before, before we rejoice in that, we need to recognize why we needed him to come into this world. To recognize and confess our sins, to repent of them, that's humbling. But it's not as if we are simply to go around grieving over our sin. That Advent is all about just beating ourselves up over and over again about our sin. That's not true either. And that's not what John the Baptist came to proclaim either. St. Luke tells us that John's message was one of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John's message was one not just of sin, but of forgiveness. Not just of violating the holy God's will, but what the holy God did about it. That he was sending his son who would come and take care of our sins, take them away. That was the real joy that John was proclaiming. And that's the joy we feel even during this season of somber reflection and repentance. Not a, not a temporary, often artificial, giddy happiness that, that goes away really quickly, but a true, lasting joy and peace. 
John was sent as a, a forerunner of the Savior. Literally, back in, in Bible times, when somebody important, like a king, was going to come, they would send a forerunner. Somebody would literally run ahead of that king to make sure everything was ready for when they would come. And that included making sure the road was ready, that, that there was no, no obstacles that would prevent the king from coming. Well, the obstacle that's in the way of our king coming into our hearts is called sin. And the way to remove that is repentance. But once we repent, once we, we deal with this sin in our lives and, and hand it over to our Savior Jesus, there's nothing that keeps him from coming into our hearts. And when the Lord enters our hearts, there can only be joy and peace. The, the, the low places that sin causes in our lives, the emptiness that it leaves us with, the, the barricades that we erect because of sin that, 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 that come between us and our God, number one, but also come between us and each other. Repentance, once again, deals with those by laying them at the feet of our Savior and leaving them there and knowing that He came to get rid of them completely, forever, at the cross. That's what Advent is about. That's how the Lord humbles his people when he comes near to us. Listen to the words of John the Baptist as they continue to echo through the centuries. He's speaking to us today just as he spoke to the people of Judea 2,000 years ago. Listen to his call to repent. Don't gloss over your sins. Don't feel like you have to be artificially happy. We don't rejoice over our sins. We don't ignore them. But we rather lay them at the feet of our Savior and then rejoice because the Savior came. He came to take them away. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.